This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's more than just events. It's what they mean to your life. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari. Welcome back to the Charlie Harari Show, talking about the distinction between who you are and what you do and how and why that is so incredibly important for being able to navigate through life. So let's just jump right back in. We're speaking about Donald Trump, Corey Lewandowski, how that Corey how Corey Lewandowski's inability to apologize is what caused this whole scandal. And everyone else is basically just scratching their heads now going like just apologize, but he's he's not, and he's making us crazy. And the truth is, you know, we look at him and go, just apologize. But if you look at ourselves, look in the mirror, we'll say that there's plenty of things that we just need to be right on and not, you know, in any which way uh, being more open to saying I'm sorry when we should be saying I'm sorry. And why is that? And we said in the last segment it's because we seem to merge and collapse who we are and what we do into the same thing, right? I am a doctor, let's say, or I'm an athlete or I'm a teacher. And so if someone doesn't like my pitch or my, you know, diagnosis or my class, then they must not like me, right? This is a, and now as a result, I am being rejected. I am being a failure and I cannot handle being a failure. Just, just understand that we, each and every one of us, cannot handle being a failure. If we think we are failures, that's when all the other stuff comes in. That's when we start getting into drugs and alcohol and we sort of lose ourselves to the internet and there's all, you know, faith gets lost. Who we are is totally separate from what we do. And if you don't know that, if you don't believe in your core that who you are is a entity that is deeper than what you do. And who you are is something, I want to say someone even, something that rests within even your body. And who you are is a consciousness or soul, a spirit, whatever the, you're going to want to connect to that, that allows you to adapt and to change and to grow and to learn. And, and who you were at 15 is not who you are at 25, at 35, 40. Who you are is this constantly evolving spiritual entity that is adapting and learning and, and navigating this complex world. And that being is who you are. Along the way, you do things. And because we live in a world where no one's going to like go, oh, you're a soul, we, 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 send, we, we stop at the surface. And we go, okay, you're a student, and then you become this, and then you become that, fine. But if you can separate who you are from what you do, what you start to realize is that sometimes I do something, and I fail. I fail at it. And in my failure, I realize that 
I'm not perfect. And then I made that mistake. And that's fine. Because I'm not the failure. Like the, like the comedian said, you bomb a joke. I'm not the joke. I'm not the set. I'm not the act. I'm me. I'm going to evolve. I'll get better tomorrow. You go, you go to bed you go to bed that night and you go, well, that failure actually is pretty, it's pretty important because the failure is teaching me something that I didn't know beforehand, right? Failure is an incredible teacher if you can just learn to, to see it that way. Because if you fail, you learn something that may, you may not have realized to even learn it but for the failure. But it only works if you are able to see yourself as separate from the failure. Because the minute you tie yourself into your actions, you fail and you can't get past it. So what ends up happening is you never admit it. You don't admit it to yourself. You definitely admit it to other people. And you will allow yourself to justify everything that you do and be right over being happy. Because you'd rather sit in tension with your wife or husband but still not think that you're a failure because of what you said or what you did. You would rather sit in a terrible meal and be right than allow yourself to realize that, hey, wait a second. Maybe there's something bigger than me and I am where I am. Let me try to make the best of it. You allow yourself to pull a innocent reporter down or almost pull her down and then have her show you the bruises and go, what are you talking about? Because your whole reality is tied into itself and you have less security as to who you are as a human being. This is the root of insecurity. When someone is insecure, what that means is that they are not secure in the knowledge that they are something of value outside their actions. Insecurity means I need something to show me or tell me that I am important because I don't know it on its own. For Corey Lewandowski to have denied this and to never say I'm sorry is only a proof that he is insecure in himself and who he is. Because beating or winning or being the campaign manager or whatever those things are is way too important to him to stand a chance at risking it by being able to say, I did this. Because who he is, he is not secure in enough. If there was ever a candidate that showed us that, it's Donald Trump. I mean, if there's ever a candidate you can point to and go, classic insecurity, Donald Trump. Is it not? Can you go through one of his speeches without him telling us how rich he is? Do you know anyone in your life that has real money, that's secure, that has self-worth and self-value, that spends any of their time bragging about their wealth? Anybody? Is it a shocker that Donald Trump's plane is like decked the entire time in gold and everywhere you look is like Donald Trump, Donald Trump? Is there? A, do you think it's a coincidence that his buildings all have Trump? Everywhere you look is Trump. 
Trump, 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 Trump. He is always saying how much he's winning, how great he is, how smart he is, how rich he is, how great his campaign is doing. Have you ever heard him once, once, say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I did this wrong, I was, I, I, I thought about it incorrectly, or I'm just so, you know, thank so-and-so, or it's not really me. You know, imagine him say, like, it's God. It would be huge, but imagine him say, none of that. How come? How come? He's a smart enough guy to amass his fortune. How come? It's not that he doesn't know it. He knows it. So how come he can't say it? And the answer is because he can't separate himself from his worth, his value, his money. He can't separate it. He doesn't have an identity outside his success. His identity is his success. That's what it is. His name, his brand, himself, his person, his personality is all tied up into money and wealth and power. So he can't for one minute in any which way risk that. That's who he is. He doesn't have an identity outside that. He doesn't say, I am me and I'll evolve and I'll become who I am and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a being that is bigger and greater than any dollar that I make. He can't. So if he makes a bad decision, if he can't possibly say, my, I'm sorry, because that would say, I am a failure. I'm sorry can only come out of the mouth of someone who is secure in themselves. I am sorry only comes from a person that knows at their core that I am not my actions. The action was wrong. I messed it up. But it has nothing to do with me. In fact, for people that are secure in themselves, they're always saying, I'm sorry. Not too much. They're not doormats, but a lot. Because they know that their actions aren't really them. And if anything, they want their actions to mimic a truer sense of who they are. So as soon as one action is stepped out, is out of line, they want to just fix it. Right? They want to make it better. They want to, you know, not hurt people with it. Self-value is the sure sign of humility. And humility is what gets people to say, I'm sorry. If there is someone in your life that can never say, I'm sorry, I want you to understand this now, that it's because they are insecure. And if there's someone in your life that has the ability to say, I failed, that it's coming from a place, if it's done properly, obviously, if it's not sort of giving up on life, if it's not, it's not, if, if it's not a depressive thing, it's coming from a place of security, from humility. Because that's really how life plays out. If you deep down know that you're beyond what you do, you're more willing to say, I'm sorry for the thing that I did. You're secure in you, so you don't need everyone to always validate your actions. We can smell this. We can like, it's like a sixth sense that we all have. You know what I'm talking about? You know like when you're like in high school and like there's one kid that wants to get into your clique and the minute they want to get into your clique, you automatically don't want them in, right? Like yesterday you're like, oh, that guy's amazing. Maybe we should invite him over. And then the next day he's like, hey, guys, uh, listen, uh, why don't you call me? Like I, I was waiting all night and we were, and you're like, what? You said you were waiting all night for a phone call? Forget it. Delete. Right? Why? Because the minute somebody is so desperate for something, you 
automatically question whether or not they want, you wanted them in the first place. Right? You ever like go out with somebody and then they're like too into you? Because what we crave are individuals that are secure in themselves because then they have what to offer. Right? If people that are insecure, they're takers. They suck the energy out of you. Sometimes you see that takers end up with other takers. And they just sort of like sit together and they suck each other's energy. They're just like fanning themselves for compliments, telling each other how great they are. And they just can't stop doing that. And then you sit with someone who's more secure and they're looking at you going, do you stop? And so when you see somebody that is secure in themselves, they're, they almost exude a charisma. And that charisma is real. It's real. It's rock. And sometimes you see someone who's insecure. And they'll be talking how great they are. In the beginning, you'll be taken by them. And you're like, wow, they really are amazing. But over time, you start looking going, mm, I don't know. I think that's what's happening right now. I don't know if this, if, it may be a little bit too late, but I think that's what's happening with this whole Trump campaign. I think this this whole Lewandowski story is bigger than anybody thinks. Because I think people are looking and going, really? Really? Did you just, well, come on, for real? Oh, man. You just can't get over it? Because that's really the undoing of people. The undoing of people is the inability to say, my bad. You see it with companies all the time. All the time you see companies that make bad business decisions. And when there is a strong leader at the top who says, guys, we messed up, the company survives for the most part. But what really takes a company and puts them through the ringer and has them ultimately go belly up is when the, the, the head of the company just digs in their heels and says, no, we're not wrong. We're not wrong. Our way. It's those those kids. They don't know what they're doing. You know, the, we got to make cars this way. We got to make products this way. Who needs to be on the web? Back in my day, we used the yellow pages. Are they going to stop using the yellow pages? And it's like, all right, you dig in those heels. You dig in those heels. You dig in those heels. You wake up one morning and then there's no business left. You know who, who, where I learned this first from? I learned this idea first from two men. One was named Pharaoh and one was named Moses. You remember the story? Remember the story of Pharaoh and Moses? And God, God shows up and tells Moses to go get the Israelites out of Egypt. And he goes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's like, no way. Right? Remember the story? So, as a kid growing up, I remember hearing the story first, and, like, I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm sort of, like, behind Pharaoh in the beginning, at least, right? Like, think about it. Like, you're the head of this massive country, right? Egypt was the epicenter of civilization. Now it's a third world country, but it was, it was once the epicenter of civilization. And now, in your in your civilized world, you have a workforce. It was a slave workforce, but it was a workforce, nonetheless. And that workforce, you know, was building your whole city, all your cities up, and then, like, a guy named Moses shows up from the desert. And he's like, hey, Pharaoh, uh, I was hanging out by the desert, and I saw this bush, and it was burning, and it was God. Pharaoh's like, really? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, whatever you do in your time is your business, but I can promise you one thing, it wasn't God. Remember, I'm Pharaoh, I am God. And, like, I'm kind of thinking, I was a little kid listening to her going, like, you know, I gotta tell you, like, I don't know. It sounds a little, you know, if I was fair, I'd be like, I don't know about that. So, no, thank you, Moses. I'm not going to just let you walk, like, you know, two million people out to the desert. Like, what's your plan? 
You know, it's a desert, right? It's not like a, it's not a highway. You're not taking him down the the 95, right? There's no place to stop off on a Starbucks so the kids get a little. There's it's a desert. I'm gonna have like two million people walk out to die. No, they're working. They're living in their cities. I got this. No thanks. I'm not letting anybody out, right? And I think he was kind of right at the beginning. And then something happened. Moses was right. Right? Like, Moses is like, okay, fine. Well, here's what's going to happen. But the whole Nile's going to be bloody. And Pharaoh's like, no, it's not. And boom, Nile's bloody. And there's frogs everywhere. And there's lice. And Moses is like, calling one. He's like, God sent me. And Pharaoh's like, no, there isn't. He's like, okay, then if that, watch, tomorrow morning this is going to happen. Boom, it happens. Boom, it happens. Boom. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm hearing the story as a kid, I'm thinking to myself, okay, plague four, plague five. And every plague, Moses come, comes back, goes, Fair, are you ready? And he's like, nope. Now? Nope. I'm like, come on, you're six plagues in. Your country is disintegrating. He's God. I mean, how much more proof do you need? Let those people out. You got the rest of the population to deal with. And you don't have a country left because all the cattle's dead and everything is rotting and everything, you know, there's frogs everywhere. Come on. That's why he's Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh never gives in. And he will take his country to the ground rather than say, my bad. Sorry, Moses, my bad. God's real. No one's getting, no one's batting a thousand like this. Um, yeah, just take out the, you can take him out. It's cool. Uh, you know, you can have him. My bad. I didn't realize, I didn't know there was a God. I, didn't, I wasn't raised with it. I didn't, I didn't go to school as a kid growing up. Um, but apparently there is. And he's really powerful and quite creative, I may say. And, you know, good luck with that. That would have been a secure leader. But he was Pharaoh. He was clearly insecure in that way. I mean, if you think anyone who thinks they're a god, is, I think, has some insecurity issues. But that's a different story. This is the story of leadership from the beginning of time. This is the story of leaders from the beginning of time. We are plagued in our history with insecure leaders that pontificate and and project and will never ever say my bad because they're insecure why are leaders so insecure for well, we're going to talk about that when we come back when we come back in the last segment of the show we're going to talk a little bit as to why leaders are insecure and why we're insecure and what we can each do to break this pattern see the good in ourselves, see the good in others, and make sure that we can live our lives just a little bit more focused on our self-worth to become happier and more successful. This is the Charlie Harari Show, and you're listening to this on the Blaze Radio Network. It's not just about the facts. It's about perspective. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari.